They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus said the Lord, O God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come upon the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then, then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your grave. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and perform it, says the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Lord. Oh, today I have to pin this sermon on top of it. It'll say it's from death to life. From death to life. In the year of 1990, there were a couple of major events that occurred. The World Wide Web was introduced. Nelson Mandela was released from prison. The cost of gas was only $1.86. The average monthly rent was only $465. Y'all stay with me. I'm painting a picture here. Uh, A brand new house would only be $123,000. The Detroit Pistons won the NBA championship. Isaiah Thomas was the MVP. And most importantly, in 1990, Denise and Eric got me. (laughs) Yes, yes. This was my Genesis year. It was the Genesis. It was the very beginning of who Takia is. Yes, the year that breath of life was breathed into me. As I look at the particular scripture, I begin to think about my life and the things that I've been through, the the things that I've done, the places I've been, the people that I have encountered. And all I can say is I'm still here and it's by the grace of God. Uh, you're still here, and it's because of the grace of God. I, w- I was having a conversation with uh, Pastor Johnson one day, Pastor J. Johnson, <laughs> one day, and uh, in the conversation, he said, "You, I don't know your story. Like, you never told me your story. And I began to just, like, think about that thing. I was like, my story, okay. I said, okay, my, my story. But in my story, I didn't have this rough upbringing or, or the glorified hood stories or uh, anything of that nature. For those who did, I commend you. If you made it out, I applaud you. See, life for me is one of God's consistent hand being yeah. in my life. Amen. And I, I realized this ultimately at a young age. I recognize who he was at a, at a young age. See, my story is, is not one that you usually hear told on the TV or in the movies, but it's one of a constant fight or a constant battle. Yeah, it's, it's one of a constant battle, uh, not with other people, but one with myself. Let me explain what I'm saying. If you look in Romans, the seventh chapter, Paul tells us this. He says, he says that, Wherefore, the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But see, sin, 
that it might appear working death in me by the which good. The sin by the, by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. So that, in other words, the sin that's on the inside of us, if we continue it, it will become greater than what it is. It becomes to get big. But Paul goes on, he said, for we know that the law is spiritual, but this man is carnal. Yeah, this man is carnal, soul under sin. For that which I do allow not, for I would. That do I not, but what I hate that I do. In other words, there are things that I don't, I desire to be better. I desire to be this spiritual man, but sometimes there's this sin that's on the inside of us. It oftentimes takes us and it allows us to become something that we are not. He says, if then I do that, which I would not, I consider to the law that it is good. Now then it is no more that I do it, but it's the sin that dwelleth on the inside of me. For I know that in me, that in this flesh dwell no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil which I would not do, I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but it's sin that dwell on the inside of me. Finding a law that when I would do good, evil is always present. For the delight in the law of God after the inward man. But see, another law in my members are always warring against the mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh, the law of sin. In other words, what I don't want to do, sometimes I do because there's a sin, the sin is on the inside of me. But thank God for Jesus Christ who could deliver me from this sinful man that I am. Yeah, so that's, this is what Paul says. And that, that, that was, when I began to read, I said, oh, this, this oftentimes is what we deal with. It's the warring of the flesh against the spirit. And because this sin sometimes lives on the inside of us, it brings us to this death valley, this valley of dry bones. It brings us to the valley of shadow and death. Ezekiel 37 is a vision of all of our lives at one point or another. If not, I commend you. But I tell us, but I can definitely speak for myself. The scripture tells us about how the priest, the prophet Ezekiel commanded is commanded by the spirit of God to speak to his people. He has a vision in, in 37 about the valley of dry bones. These bones represent the people of Israel, not just Ezekiel's people, but all of Israel as a whole. The scripture places emphasis on the fact that the bones were very, very dry. Now, I'm not a scientist or anything, but I do know that one thing is if something is, if a, if a bone is very, very dry, that means that it's been there for a long period of time. And some of us in our lives, we've been in certain situations for a long period of time. A long time in a valley of dry bones. But there's no need to uh, talk about the problem if we can't come up with the solution. So I'm, I'm, I'm no science teacher, but I know that, it, that it's, these bones were there for a long time. Bones are the remaining of something that once had life. But oftentimes we forget about the life that was once present in us. 
We lose hope. We can't remember what it is that the Lord has done with us, done for us previously. Our hope dies. Our hope goes away. We only can see what it is that we are in right then and right now. The situations is all that's in front of us and that's all that that we can remember. We don't understand or remember how he just made a way last week or how he made a way the week before or how he made a way this morning when I woke up with breath in my body. Yeah, yeah, so we lose hope and we can no longer muster up the strength to remember. God asked Ezekiel in verse 3 the famous question. He said, can these bones live again? Ezekiel was unsure, but so the, the only, Ezekiel was unsure, but so the only he has, only hope that he has is that which is present in God. The, but that in itself is all that Ezekiel needs. Sometimes we may not understand or know, but if we simply give God a God you know. Inside of the scripture, Ezekiel tells God, he says, God, you know. In other words, I could tell you yes, I could tell you no, but you know the answer. And, and inside of us, sometimes we have to keep a God you know. That God you know will activate all the hope that we need. I don't know how I'm going to get through it, but God, you know. I don't know how I'm going to make it tomorrow, but God, you know. I'm not sure how I'm going to make it on this job Monday after Monday, week after week, but God, you know. I'm not sure how I'm going to get some money in my pocket, but God, you know. We have to oftentimes keep a God, you know, in our spirit. Yeah, sometimes we, we have to just keep that God, you know, so that we can remember what it is that he's done before. Ezekiel begins to then prophesy to the bones. He does as he was commanded. But what we have to understand that what looks crazy to man or unusual to man is usual and normal to God. So he begins to speak to these bones. He begins to speak to this dead thing. He begins to speak in a valley that looks like it is no more. He begins to talk and prophesy to these things. Uh, He makes known the things of God to the things of Satan. He let them know that they have no power. As we oftentimes must do. But the only way we can do it is if we memorize the word of God itself. Amen. The Bible says that the bones begin to come together. Foot bone connected to the leg bone. And the leg bone to the knee bone. And the, the thigh bone to the joint bone. I can see these bones coming together. Yeah. These bones then have skin. And the skin begins to cover the bones. Yeah, the skin begins to take over the bones, and the bones begins to arise, but then the Bible goes on to say that there is no life still in the bones. Yeah. See, oftentimes we, we, we are prophesied to it. We begin to rise up. We begin to rise up, but then there's still no life inside of us. I've been prophesied to, but then there were times where there still was no life inside of me. There still was no breath breathed into me. If you look in the Bible, the book of, if you look at at the word breath, this means the same in Hebrew as spirit. There still was no spirit on the inside. Since God then tells him, he tells him to prophesy to the breath. He first told told him to prophesy to the bone. 
Now I need you to prophesy to the breath. The breath, which is the word of God. And tell the word of God to come forth. Tell the word of God to arise in your situation. Tell the word of God to arise in your life. When you feel like you can't make it, tell the word of God to do what it is that it's supposed to do. It says that he prophesied to the breath, which was the word of God. See, where prophecy end, prayer must begin. What we prophesy, we cannot do without us praying. Prayer make it possible. You got to talk to the word and declare the word come forth in your life. In your situation, in your valley. We are not even meant to stay in the valley. Sheep don't live in valleys. We live in green pastures. Just ask David. This work, this vision is one of restoration. It's one of restoration. It's, it's not one of creation, but one of restoration. We, we, we've lived before, but then something died. And so he restores. He's a God of restoration. Yeah. I always remember what uh, Teacher Tony says. She always says that God is a restorer of time. Yeah. And that stuck with me. See, he's a God of restoration. He's a God that can do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. He's a God that has done it before. His track record is amazing. But this story is one of giving life back to something that once had life life at one point. It's one of giving joy back to something or someone who once had joy before. Yes, it's, it's one that revives the dead thing and bring it back to life. Yes, this is a, a vision of turning over a new leaf. Only the word can take the heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh. Deuteronomy 36 tells us that God would do some circumcisions on our hearts. Jeremiah 31 and 33, it tells us that he'll write the law on our hearts. Ezekiel 11 and 19 tells us that he'll remove the old stony heart and give us a heart of flesh. The heart is he'll deal with our heart. And the only time we can really receive what it is that he has for us if we're, our heart is in the posture to receive. Amen. Amen. See, those bones, those bones could never create life within themselves. As the word of the Lord was proclaimed, over them, they received God's promise of life. I've been in the valley before. And in 1990, when I came into this world, I didn't know that I would go through valleys. I didn't know that I would be in a dry valley. I didn't know that I would go through a situation that would cause me to just want to give up. I didn't know that that there was a God. When I first got into this world, I didn't know that there was a God that could bring a dead thing back to life. I didn't know that there was a God that would make me tell my grave clothes, I don't need you anymore. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that. But see, God has promises, and he sticks to his promises. And I've been in the valley. I've had to cry sometimes. I tell you, 2021 was one of the roughest years for me. I didn't know which way I was going. I didn't know if I was going to make it. But there's a God who breathed his breath into me. 
And it was a lot, it's, it's, it, it was a time of revival for me. Yeah, I allowed sin to take me away from God before standing in a valley of dry bones. But I, I need his presence. Yes. I desire his presence. Yes, I long for his presence. Yes, I'm not meant for the valley. Yes. I'm meant for the passion. Yes. You're not meant for the valley. You're meant for the passion. Yes. You're not meant for those things that are, that are not of God. See, if you read now, you'll see where God tells them about the covenant where, uh, with David. And I'm grateful for the, the, the Vanic covenant, but I rejoice for the covenant with Jesus. I don't have to live in a, in a valley because I got Jesus. Isaiah says that he'll bring you out of a desolate place. And he'll make ways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Yeah, yeah, he'll make ways in the wilderness. Hold on to the word of God. I thank God that we are cleansed. Spirit filled and have a new heart that we can obey God because the same spirit that was in me, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that can rise you out of a dry place. It's the same spirit that will take you from the from the valley to the mountaintop. It's the same spirit that will maneuver us from uh, depression to life. Give us joy. It's the same spirit. Yes, Lord, it's the same spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Same spirit that raises Jesus has breathed life into me. Yeah. Yeah. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave has breathed life into you. According to Romans 8 and 11, God's powerful word, the gospel of Jesus Christ, has brought us back from the dead. We are to live according to the spirit and to put the dead things to put the death, the misdeeds of the body away. We are to live and we are to thank God for Ezekiel 37. Teaching us that there's nothing that our God cannot do if you allow him to breathe his life into you. Yeah. I'm so grateful yeah. that because we have Jesus, we are able to live again. Yeah. Some of us are walking around dead. There is a walking dead on this earth. Yeah. But because we have Christ Jesus, we don't have to be the walking dead. Yeah. But we can be the living. Yeah. We are the light of the world. Yeah. We are to shine bright. Yeah. There's nothing that can stop those who have put their life in the hands of Jesus' hands. The Bible says that much, a little becomes much in the master's hand. So right now, I ask you, put your hands in the master's hand. Remember that you're no longer living in a dry place. You don't have to be in a dry place. You don't have to live in a dry place. You don't have to move in a dry place. Because God gives us life. God gives us life more abundantly. He gives us life more abundantly. He sent his son Jesus for our life so that we didn't have to walk in a dry place. But instead we can walk on the mountaintop. Instead we can reach for him and help others to come to him. Father God,